Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Jason Staples and Buck Sanders. Everybody's a little out of place today, so show might not sound as sultry as it normally does. Buck, I'll go to you first. Carolina handled their business on Saturday against Western Carolina, which is exactly what Larry Fedora has always been able to do against FCS teams. Yeah, that's true. He's uh, 7-0. and But if if you think about it in this way, yes, he typically handles his business. And I don't know what one year did they, they beat Old Dominion like 80 to 20 or something crazy like that. That those games are usually blowouts, but that's in a typical year. And this year has been anything but typical. And they still managed to do that uh, yesterday against Western Carolina. So I guess you could take that as a positive. So, yes, they they did take care of business. Elliott had a couple of shaky moments where it looked like they might turn the ball over. But other than that, he got back on track and, you know, they did what they needed to do. The defense played reasonably well. So, yeah, they, they took care of business in typical fashion that they do against FCS teams. Jason, before the game, we talked about what Carolina needed to accomplish. The big thing was stay healthy, and that doesn't look like that happened. We'll know more as the week progresses, but as far as on the field, what did you see that led you to believe that Carolina did, in fact, accomplish the goals you were looking for them to get done on Saturday? I, I think the main thing was just seeing seeing good execution for the most part. I didn't think the uh the timing between Elliot and the receivers was was that great at different points I, I don't I agree actually with his own assessment that he didn't play all that well but uh in terms of uh you know getting the running game going getting the offensive line making sure that they got their assignments right getting uh running backs running running with confidence things like that that's really all you're looking for in this kind of game Buck the run defense has been suspect all year I thought Carolina looked pretty good against a western team that has run the ball with a lot of success thus far this season, granted the level of competition, but as you know, that hasn't really mattered in the past against North Carolina. So how did you think that part of the Carolina defense held up against the Catamounts? Oh, I, you know, obviously it, it looked much better than what we're typically seeing. Uh, they didn't give up any long runs. I think they may have had like one or two 20 yard runs, something like that. They did a, a good job of uh, bottling up Newsom, who looks like a pretty good running back, actually. And but uh, the tough part is uh, this game aside, missing and, and it looks like they may be missing Cole Holcomb and Kaysen Collins, who are leading UNC in tackles next week against NC State. That's that's a you know it couldn't have come at a worse time, you know, to, to lose your two best or two leading tacklers off the team. But yesterday, I thought Jonathan Smith played hard and effectively he had 11 tackles and he had that uh, defensive, one defensive touchdown that North Carolina has had all year. So all that's to the good, but I just wonder, you know, with the linebacker core being as thin as it is, they were always already missing uh, Andre Smith since the Louisville game. You know, the, there's, you know, the, Linebacker coach Eckler's probably looking over his shoulder to the left and the right, and there's nobody standing behind him. So 
it'll be interesting to see how they uh, approach this next week if neither of those guys can go. Yeah, Jason, those guys have come off the field a lot, injured, dinged up. They go back in. Yesterday looked different for those guys, arm injuries, elbow injuries, whatever they are. Carolina's got a, a patchwork linebacker core anyway outside of those two. So your thoughts on the prospect of playing next week without them? Uh, not very good. <laughs> The main problem is that uh, the NC State likes to line up and pound the football with uh, you know unbalanced lines using three different backs, and you know we saw that that movie last year against UNC, and they they struggled to stop the run against against uh, against NC State, and you know without the two linebackers that uh, that that have been out there all season to uh, to be able to do that, and Collins in particular has been really good against the run this year. You know, if they if they have to play without those guys, it's going to be a whole lot harder to stop that that downhill running game, and that makes it that that makes that a, a much taller order against a state team that you know really is is on, engaged in their usual late season slides. So I mean, this is an opportunity to uh, do something that wasn't really on the table about four or five weeks ago. But they need to have have those guys on the field to have their best chance, obviously. Buck, Jason mentioned that NC State slide, and I watched that Wake Forest game. I, I swore I wasn't going to watch any college football on Saturday night since there weren't any really good games, but I found myself watching basically all of the state game, and Wake Forest got them. Wake Forest just – I mentioned it to Jason off the air. I, Wake Forest always looks really good at times, and I'm surprised they're not a better overall program. They just don't have enough of those skill guys and those guys that are – playing well for them but nc state did nc state things in that ball game but when i watch them play carolina lately when they can just line up and run the ball that's the state team that gives carolina problems sort of like the way notre dame will do carolina just pound them virginia tech does it your thoughts on that i mean this this game saturday against State is Carolina's bowl game, to be honest. I mean, we can't hide that fact that it's flipped a little bit from the norm. So your thoughts on Carolina's the, – the attitude, the mental part should be pretty good, but the physical part just doesn't get any better. Well, I, I, going back, you, you'll have to ask Greg Barnes about this because I'm pretty sure he's he's got those facts and figures on the, the top of his head. But going, a few years ago, I remember – a talking point was that the team that had the most total rushing yards in a matchup between UNC and NC State had won the game like a bazillion years in a row. So the, the that has been the determining factor. I'm, I'm trying to remember maybe in 2015 it wasn't uh, because, as I recall, in that game, North Carolina ran off like 35 points in a quarter, as they did yesterday, as a matter of fact. And and I can't remember how many of those were rushing yards or whether they threw. I think they uh, had a, a lot of uh, airage under the ball there that game. So I'm not sure that's still true, but the point remains that uh, whoever is going to run the ball the best in this game typically has a huge advantage. Jason, how does Austin Prowl's team 
against Western, but his presence out there, I felt like maybe opened the field up for some others. I don't know if that was just my eyes fooling me. And it also seemed like Carolina, and I mentioned it on Twitter, sort of widened the playing field for Elliott with those deep post corners or, and whatnot with Cabrera. But Pro's presence, does it make that big a difference at this point for North Carolina? Yeah, I, th- I think it does. Now, I, I don't know how much it really widened the field against against Western, who they, they were just clearly outmanned out there anyway. So I'm not sure how much it did that versus just the receivers knowing that they could they could beat the guy across from them each time. But, you know, Prohl's maybe the best route runner in the country. And, you know, he's a guy that 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 knows how to get open, does a great job of he can play all you know all four spots. He can line up at any of those four spots on on the Carolina offense and get open from those places, and then be reliable in catching it uh, and and making some plays. So, plus the the leadership aspect of it, and the sense that you've got your your bell cow out there that that helps. That helps a lot in terms of uh, of a belief in terms of of where the where the program is, where where, where the his teammates are in terms of what they think they can do. So that all helps. But, I mean, you can see on that sluggo, that slant-and-go route that, that he got, the one longer catch that he had, I mean, the ability that he has to turn a defensive back completely around to run, you know, quality, sharp routes to get himself wide open, that stuff really matters. And against a team like State, where they're going to need to beat much tighter coverage, Having a guy that, that as a quarterback, you know that guy's if, – if it's any sort of one-on-one coverage, that guy's going to beat the guy across from him. If it's a, a zone sort of coverage, you know that guy's going to find the, the, the hole in the zone. When you have that, that's a security blanket for, for the quarterback. So, uh, so that's a big deal. And also you know, have another guy that can actually that, – that also makes a big deal. So, or, or that also is a big deal. So it – to me, his return is is pretty significant for for what's going on uh, this next week in that rivalry game. To, to chime in after Jason, when the year began before he got hurt, uh, which was early on in the season, but they were always lining him up either well, pretty much at split end. And yesterday, I noticed, and maybe I did, I'm just missing something and didn't see it, but. It appeared to me that they lined him up in the slot much of yesterday, and that that's not where they had him early this year. He was playing on the outside, and I, I wonder if that's a uh, function of guys like uh, Ratliff and Cunningham have gotten used to running those outside positions, but aren't quite as adept at running the slot position receiver because Jackson filled that role until he was hurt. Uh, he was a slot guy. So uh, they were using pro, I think much more as a slot guy yesterday than, than I noticed or saw at all in the early part of the year. Yeah. I think we may have talked about that, Jason, during the early podcast. And I think pro's a slot guy, your thoughts on that. I mean, I feel from the inside, it being inside, he can cause more havoc in the middle of the field. And then, like you said, he can get those routes where he turns a defender and gets on the outside. I think that's the place he plays. That, that's that got to be his position on Saturday against State, though I'm sure they'll mix it up. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's going to be a slot guy at the next level for sure. So, I mean, that that's 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 one thing. But in this offense, he can play either way. I, again, I think he's more effective as a slot guy. We've talked about that uh, even at this level. And the, the big issue was previously they didn't have a reliable set of guys that they could roll with for sure on the outside. He He was going to be one of those guys that set the table for somebody else on the inside. Well, now they've got a couple guys that have stepped up and have, have started to play play well there. You know, you've got Ratliff Williams. You can line up outside there. You've got, you know, Jordan Cunningham had a pretty good game in this in this last one. You've got some guys that you're comfortable with that can that can play out there, meaning you can move him back in and get some of the matchups that you want against a linebacker, against a nickelback and that sort of thing. But I think, again, what you do with him is you move him. Like you said, you move him around a little bit. You you use him to create some mismatches for some other guys. So maybe you put Newsom in the slot inside of, of Prol or you know have him coming to Prol's side from as as another slot. There are different things you can do to force defenses to have to accommodate to your best receiver when you've already well now you've got another guy that's been making big plays and you've got another guy that in the slot that's been able to make some plays of late. So it just it makes them a much more complete team in the passing game to have him out there. And, and again, that goes without saying in terms of the leadership that he brings and, and some of the, the fire that he brings to that field as well. You're listening to the Inside Carolina Radio Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Let's talk about, we've mentioned Nathan Elliott had a pretty good game. Not as good as he thought he should have had, but... Chaz Surratt came in, and I mentioned this portion uh, of the game Saturday because I think it may become a factor next Saturday given the way NC State plays. But, Buck, Chaz Surratt, he's had some issues of late. He looked pretty good briefly in his brief time against Western Carolina. Your thoughts on what you saw from him? I mean, I think the game plan was get ahead, at some point, let Surratt get in there and build some confidence. It's Western Carolina, but he certainly had as much success as he's had for a while this season, and that's got to help the guy. Well, since he's now the backup quarterback, it's an automatic that he's going to be your favorite player. So <laughs> we we got to talk about him a little bit. But I don't know, Logan, goes... Logan Bird's been looking pretty good over on the sidelines. <laughs> he does look the part, man. <laughs> Back to something that Jason mentioned earlier, um, and you know, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, create any controversy or get people to click on anything. But Jason mentioned that some of his passes, some of Elliott's passes, he weren't, he wasn't locating those balls in places where that were optimal, uh, and Jason can clean me up on this if I get it wrong, but there were several completions that he had. I mean, the guy caught the ball, but the ball was thrown to him in such a manner that when he caught it, he didn't have much choice but to go to the ground. He had to, you know, either dive for the catch or 
the catch was thrown in, in, in such a manner that the ability to get yards after the catch wasn't there so much. And I think that may have been why Elliott was a little bit not thrilled with his performance is that, you know, a couple of those throws, it, he locates that ball a little bit, uh, you know, uh, six inches, eight inches this way, higher, low. And, and that receiver is down the field for another 20 yards or possibly a touchdown. And on a few of Elliott's throws, and listen, I'm giving him, give the kid all the credit in the world. He's done, you know, he's made that offense work. I think they may have had their longest drive of the year on Saturday. All the credit in the world goes to that kid and, and what a tough kid he is. But on some of his throws that, that go a certain length, that ball begins to start to nosedive, uh, you know, at the end of that throw. And I'm just going to say when Surratt came in and he, he threw his two passes, there was a little bit more level trajectory on those balls than what I saw from Elliott. Now, I'm not trying to stir anything up, but uh, it was good, like you said, to see him come in, have a couple completions, although that, that touchdown throw was, you know, 10% Surratt and 90% Corrales. He made a really good run after catch with that ball. You know, then the 59-yard run, he looked really, really good on that. I think it's great that he got in and got a couple of uh, confidence-building moments. And at the same time, I, I think it it helps uh, help me at least understand that uh, as much as uh, Elliott has helped the UNC offense, the the fact that we keep bringing this up that he has some shortcomings as a thrower that just you know emphasized that point to me again. So, Jason, your thoughts on that? I mean, I think Surratt. Uh, will be needed against NC State. I could be wrong, but I think he'll be needed against NC State. So, as Buck said, it was good to see him get out there and get some positive action after a rough few weeks at North Carolina. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Buck just said. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier the uh, the the sluggo route, the slant and go to, uh, to Prohl. Prohl had his guy beat by about six yards. If that ball's properly put out there, it didn't even have to be a perfect throw. Just just make a a generally acceptable throw on that play. That 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 walks in for a touchdown. Instead, that's thrown ten yards off target down the field, and Prohl has to make a nice adjustment just to make the catch. And those are those are little things that again, it sounds like we're nitpicking on this stuff because you know they put up over sixty points, and you know the stats look good, but this is where. The, those things matter a lot as soon as you have quality coverage out there. As soon as you have a defense that can that that where that's not going to be a six yard gap, it's going to be a two yard gap. Even though the routes run just as well, that stuff matters now. And I think you could see, even though it was only a couple throws, you could see again as soon as Surratt got on, got in there, you could see a difference in terms of the velocity. You could see the difference in tools. I mean, I know I know some. Fans have have messaged me and ask ask questions about well you know Surratt was supposed to be so mobile and everything but you know Elliot has, has Elliot has looked more mobile has looked more uh, has been able to use his feet more I think we saw in this game that Surratt is healthier now than he has been in a while because when he took off you could see the difference in terms of speed as well the tools are just are just different again you can't you cannot diminish the the leadership 
and some of those intangibles that Elliot has brought to the table. But I can't, I, I, I had the same thought you did, Tommy, where when I watched this, I went, yeah, they're going to need that. They're going to need that kid against NC State, I have a feeling. It just, it was one of those things where after watching three quarters, otherwise, you, you, all of a sudden you see Surratt come back in and you're like, oh yeah, that's why that guy was playing before. And so, you know, I, you have to think they're going to have to make sure that he's as well prepared as a starter coming into this game as, as possible. Uh, because they're they're going to need him, I think, against NC State, just because of the the quality of defense, the quality of defensive line in particular, is 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 totally different in this game from what what we just saw against Western Carolina. Yeah, and to Elliot's credit, I mean, the two passes to Cabrera were dimes. Yeah, and the yeah. pass to Fritz was a good one too. He he missed Daz Newsom on what would have been a touchdown, and and y'all have talked about the pro the pro catch or the pro throw, but. Elliot, like you said, you can't dismiss or even minimize what he's meant for this team. I just no. think in Raleigh, you know, in Raleigh, you better carry two healthy quarterbacks uh, that can give you something. And yeah, especially that, that with- throw to that throw to Fritz, by the way, that was that was his best throw on the day. That that was that was a dime. That was a really good throw. Yeah, so it gives a. Uh, gives hope that he can get it done state will be a different animal we'll talk plenty about it it's going to be a disjointed week for our podcast and so our listeners need to enjoy the thanksgiving holiday but you hear plenty from us as the week goes on buck jason i know y'all are out of place from norm but i appreciate you taking time to get this one done not a problem tommy thanks thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of unc sports your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.